Welcome to episode 9 of Teacher Talk with Zach Clancy. I'm Zach Clancy. Each week, we'll be exploring a topic in education that will be helpful for K-12 teachers and interesting for everyone else. This week, we're going to be looking at Paulo Freire and critical thinking. Paulo Freire was a Brazilian educator who advocated for the poor. As we'll see, he believed that in some situations, teachers could be partially responsible for perpetuating a system that maintained or even worsened social and economic inequalities. Today, social and economic inequalities are increasing in society, and these inequities are evident in K-12 classrooms across the United States. And as we'll see, Freire argued that these inequalities could be overcome by teaching critical thinking and problem solving. And it's interesting because the ability to do those two things is important. Because, as we'll see a little later in the episode, critical thinking and problem solving are some of the things that educators call 21st century skills. And they are skills that K-12 teachers are now being required to teach in their classrooms. So I think this is something that will be, like I said, helpful for K-12 teachers as well as being interesting to everyone else. As always, I hope you like this episode. Either way, you can reach me at teachertalkwithzachclancy.com. Please follow me on Facebook at teachertalkwithzachclancy and on Twitter at teachertalkwzc. That's the words teacher and talk, followed by the letters W, Z, and C. You can also get a hold of me at teachertalkwzc at gmail.com. And just as a reminder... I am honored to say I've been nominated for a BAMI Award for hosting an education podcast by BAM Radio Network, an organization comprised of thought leaders and experts in the field of education. There's a link in the show notes for a website where you can go to vote for my nomination. Please be sure to do that by May 15th, because that is when voting ends. You can also... Learn more details about the contest at the website. But before we delve into the details of Paulo Freire and critical thinking, it's time for Collaboration Corner. This week's shout-out goes to TeachCow. They have the Twitter handle at TeachCow. They run a video series called Teacher Talk Live, which are Google Hangouts that discuss classroom ideas, resources, best practices, and more. Their desired outcome is that teachers walk away feeling empowered and with more tools and ideas to improve the classroom experience for themselves and for their students. It's intended for elementary teachers, but all are welcome. And that's according to their website. One thing I know for sure is that I'm going to be on their live show. Today, Tuesday, May 12, 2015, at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And as always, I'll link to their info in the show notes. All right, first things first, let's get started with a little bit of background information about Freire. According to the Paulo Freire Institute, quote, 
Freire was born in 1912 in Recife, Brazil. In 1947, he began work with adult illiterates in Northeast Brazil and gradually evolved a method of work with which the word conscientization has been associated. Unquote. And that's a concept that I'm going to explain a little bit more about in just a minute after I finish telling you a little bit more about Fiere's background. But for now, I'll just say that conscientization can be roughly translated into English to mean critical thinking. So, Freire was significantly influenced by several events that happened in his childhood. While he was born into a middle-class family, his family was hit hard by the Great Depression, which hit Brazil the same year it really hit the United States, in 1929. By the 1960s, there was huge social and economic inequalities in Brazil. Three out of four people living in Brazil at the time were unable to read, and the top 3% of the wealthiest people in the country owned half of Brazil's land at the time. Anyway, again, according to the Institute website, quote, Until 1964, Freire was a professor of history and philosophy of education in the University of Recife. And in the 1960s, he was involved with a popular education movement to deal with massive illiteracy. From 1962, there were widespread experiments with his method, and the movement was extended under the patronage of the federal government. In 1963 and 1964, there were courses for coordination in all Brazilian states, and a plan was drawn up for the establishment of 2,000 cultural circles to reach 2 million illiterates, unquote. And just as a side note, uh, I'm not wild about the term illiterates. I feel like it defines a person based on a single characteristic. In this instance, the inability to read written text. Um, you know, I think I'd prefer the term people who cannot read. This way, the fact that they can't read is merely one of many potential descriptors used to describe the person's qualities. Um, you know, and it's used to describe them in this instance because it pertains to a discussion about literacy or lack thereof. Anyway, the website goes on to say, quote, Freire was imprisoned following the 1964 coup d'etat for what the new regime considered to be subversive elements in his teaching. He next appeared in exile in Chile, where his method was used, and the United Nations School of Political Sciences held seminars on his work. In 1969 and 1970, he was visiting professor at the Center for the Study of Development and Social Change at Harvard University, unquote. So it's interesting. Much like Sune Sabato Makaguchi and Kurt Hahn, who were featured in episode one and episode six of Teacher Talk, respectively, Freire was imprisoned for having beliefs about education that contradicted official government ideology at a time of social unrest and upheaval. And much like Kurt Hahn, Freire was exiled to another country where he continued to develop his educational philosophy and made contributions to the field of education. 
And as we'll see in just a minute here, uh, much like Makaguchi, Freire's religious beliefs also influenced his contributions to teaching. The website concludes that, quote, Freire was able to return to Brazil by 1979. Freire joined the Workers' Party in Sao Paulo and headed up its adult literacy project for six years. When the party took control of Sao Paulo municipality following elections in 1988, Paulo Freire was appointed as Sao Paulo's Secretary of Education, unquote. So hopefully that gives you enough background information about Freire. Now we're going to take a look at his teaching philosophy, and then I'll talk about how teachers today can use Freire's contributions to teach in their classrooms. Much like Sonia Nieto, who was featured in episode three of Teacher Talk, Freire believed that education was not politically neutral. According to Ethical Visions in Education by David T. Hansen, quote, educational institutions, as Freire sees them, are very much controlled by the ruling class. The dominant group tries to use schools to develop student attitudes and beliefs that legitimize the prevailing social structure and help those in power maintain their power, unquote. Uh, Freire also believed that in some instances, the dominant classes, quote, use teachers and clergy to keep the poor and working class in check, unquote. And that's also according to Ethical Visions in Education. It goes on to say that, quote, the dominant class tries to use education to convince students that the social and economic system that provides some people with enormous wealth and others with grinding poverty is a just system, unquote. So I feel like it's important to consider that while Freire argued that clergy could be used to maintain social and economic inequalities, his religious beliefs nevertheless still influenced uh, his approach to education, as well as the contributions he made to the field of education. So like I just said, uh, Freire's Christian faith influenced his approach to teaching in many ways. However, the ways that are perhaps most relevant to this discussion are his belief that transformation could be radical and individual, as well as his concern for those at the bottom of the social ladder. So Freire believed that schools could be used to maintain social and economic inequalities, but that schools could also be a place where individuals could address and take steps to counteract these inequalities. And the way he sought to do it was with a process that I referred to earlier called conscientization which the Paulo Freire Institute describes as the process of developing a critical awareness of one's social reality through reflection and action. Action is fundamental because it is the process of changing the reality. Paulo Freire says that we all acquire social myths, which have a dominant tendency. And so learning is a critical process which depends upon uncovering real problems and actual needs. Unquote. So I feel like teachers can use this to avoid, quote, viewing instruction as something to be done to students and instead think of it as something to be done with students, unquote. 
So the first view of education, thinking of teaching as something that is done to students, is something that Freire called the banking approach. Freire argued that this approach, quote, plays into the hands of the ruling class, since it keeps students unaware of their own critical abilities and the power of their own language and voice. By contrast, teachers should be problem posers. That is, they need to pose problems that they cooperatively explore with students rather than dictate solutions that have been unilaterally decided. Teachers should become co-learners with their students, genuinely valuing students' skills and wisdom instead of treating them as empty vessels to be filled, unquote. And again, that's according to Ethical Visions in Education, which I'll cite in the references in the show notes. So, as we can see, Freire advocated for education that teaches concepts like critical thinking and problem solving. And today in education, we often refer to those as 21st century skills. And 21st century skills is also a hashtag that I often use to promote teacher talk. Anyway, uh, 21st century skills are something that state legislatures all over the country are requiring K-12 schools to teach. And the reason for this is in the hopes of making the United States more globally competitive with countries like Finland that have a phenomenal public school system, as well as countries such as China, which are growing to become economic rivals to the United States. So these skills are something that are important for teachers to be aware of, and important for them to be able to teach in upcoming years. So there are tons of ways to teach critical thinking, and tons of resources on the web. For instance, shortly before recording this episode, I went to the website teacherspayteachers.com, which I'll link to in the show notes. Anyway, I typed critical thinking into the search bar at the site, and I restricted my results to free materials. And there were pages and pages of hits, with lesson plans for every grade level from kindergarten through 12th grade, for specific events and for general situations. And the great thing about critical thinking is that you can teach it without any materials. You know, for example, you can play an age-appropriate version of Would You Rather?, So with my middle schoolers, I might ask, would you rather smell with your feet or have a foot where your nose is? And so their answer to the question isn't as important as the justification for their answer. And you don't even have to use the would you rather format. You can just ask an opinion question that doesn't necessarily have a wrong answer and then have them justify their answer. You know, and that's just one example of one way to teach critical thinking. Anyway, that's about all the time we have for this week. What do you think of Paulo Freire's approach to teaching? Teachers, do you feel like Paulo Freire's approach would be helpful in your classroom? What do you think about the idea of 21st century skills? Send your answers my way 
along with any other questions or comments you might have about past episodes, as well as suggestions for future episodes, to TeacherTalkWithZachClancy.com, where you can also vote for my BAMI Award nomination by clicking on the official nominee button. You can also reach me at TeacherTalkWZC at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at TeacherTalkWZC and Facebook at Teacher Talk with Zach Clancy. That's all for this week's show. I'm Zach Clancy. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.